Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Coffee and Convos podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa, and I'm so stoked to be here at Gold Standard Studios again. Even though it's 7 p.m., I'm stoked to have this conversation with Annalie Delaney. She is an incredible tattoo artist based here in San Diego and in the East Coast as well. She's just an all-around badass. And yeah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This yeah. is going to be so fun. I know. I'm super stoked. Gosh, like it's crazy that like we connected in such a short amount of time and here you are now yeah, sitting with us at Gold Standard. That's how we do stuff. We just make it happen right away. It. No time to waste. Yes. I love that attitude already. Yeah, of course. Um, aside from the brief little intro that I did not do justice for, I would love for you to share your story. Um, well, from how far back, I guess. Girl, you My could go. Story. <laughs> I would love to hear just. I've heard bits and pieces from you and from Alex, mm -hmm. and I would love to hear just like how you got to where you are today as this like entrepreneurial woman who is a tattoo artist who travels the world, who owns two tattoo shops, bi coastally, I might add, and. You're just like so sick. Like oh, it's so inspiring. And <laughs> I know that was not like an overnight success. So, yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like it hasn't been that long. Like when I think about everything, it just kind of all seems like it was yesterday. But like it's been maybe eight years now. Um, so I guess I'll give you the quick rundown. The one that pretty much is like every interview I've been in and stuff like that. Kind of same old story. Uh, I usually tell people like most tattooers have like kind of the same story, mm -hmm. give or take, depending on when they, you know, kind of got into it. But uh, yeah, I started in the Bronx in New York and um, just like a street shop on Fordham Road. Um, doing really small tattoos and learning and, you know, just uh, most importantly, learning how to hustle. Um, I used to be a really... Um, just like very shy, introverted kid. Mm -hmm. And uh, tattooing really taught me to be the opposite of that. Truly like having to like stand out on the street on Fordham Rome with like thousands of people walking by, like handing out flyers to strangers to get them to come upstairs and get tattooed is like was so far out of my comfort zone that like just kind of like really changed who I am. Um, and then I went from there to a working apprenticeship under Javier Eastman in Norwalk, Connecticut. Uh, he taught me a lot. It was more like I was just doing more tattoos and more exploratory stuff. And he really taught me to like hone in. Uh, I still suck though, to be fair. Oh um, shit, what? <laughs> yeah, I was still super bad. Um, <laughs> I still had like so, so far to go. Um, and then I moved to California and because my, my family lives here and I was born here and I was just getting kind of tired of being over there. So I moved here and I got my first job in East County in El Cajon and it was heinous, just absolutely the worst, <laughs> just the worst job. Um, just like your classic uh, street shop in a bad part of town kind of thing, you know, um, always dirty, always running out, like no supplies, the fucking heat, you know, uh, air conditioning never worked. And, you know, in East County in the summer is like 110 degrees, like, you know, uh, phone line never worked, Damn. copiers, thermofaxes. We had to figure out how to like 
you know, basically mostly freehanding everything because we couldn't get stencils made and stuff Whoa. like that. So yeah. I think there's something to be said, though, about like doing doing that in the beginning of your career because it really builds up your character and mm-hmm. also gets you to think on the on the fly, you know, helps you out when you're like in conventions later in your career where you're like, shit, I don't have like any of the things that I need. So now I got to kind of MacGyver my way into this next tattoo session. And it just like Damn. really helped me with that. Uh, but, you know, of course, I needed to get out of there as well. So uh, just called out, called up a friend, um, Brian Geckel. He uh, was the only like really good, really quality tattooer that I knew at the time. Um, and he just like lived such a cool life like he tattooed in a small town in Pennsylvania and just seemed really nice seemed peaceful and you mm-hmm. know just nicer than the street shop I was at and I called him up for advice and he was just like um you know I, I don't really know what to say other than maybe just you need to go somewhere new and he's like Pennsylvania central Pennsylvania doesn't have a lot of female artists at the time um so you know maybe you'll have like kind of an advantage a leg up just being female like again because my work sucked so um, I basically just went for it like Hail Mary got in the car and with my dog and whatever I had left that I didn't sell and just drove out there. And uh, I started working at a shop out there. And uh, for the first year, it was pretty much the same shit. It was just another shop that where I didn't make money and barely tattooing, doing everything for free all the time. Uh, I wasn't 21 yet. I was still um, 19 at the time. And uh, I just, you know, handing out cards outside of bars because I couldn't actually get into them and just, you know, trying everything I could to get clients in the door. And finally, they moved us to uh, a different shop location in a better better area for like walk-in traffic. And so I was able to tattoo more and it kind of just sprawled from there. So I had like, now I was, had access to more people to tattoo and the only really way that you can get better at tattooing is to tattoo as much as possible and Mm -hmm. try everything you can try new equipment and then just tattoo people as much as possible um so that really helped with that and then eventually you know there is that art of um turning in a walk-in customer into a client like a lifetime client someone who's going to come to you specifically for you um you know that sort of thing so that's where I kind of honed in on uh, really trying to like appreciate the clients more, more so. So I was, you know, uh, giving them gift bags and, uh, you know, making sure they had aftercare that I, you know, I paid for because I wanted to like turn them into those clients. And once I ended up doing that, then uh, I had clients who I was like, hey, you know, I really want to try this out on you. Would you let me do this? It's, you know, it's a little out of my wheelhouse. I don't know how it'll come out, but, you know stuff like that. So, um, yeah. And that's where I tried to do some realism for the first time. And that was about three, four years ago now, about four years ago. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much where I started, you know, kind of testing out the waters there. And that was always my chosen, um, form of art before all my life. I always just kind of really did more like still life and, Mm -hmm. you know, drawing from what I see. So I think it just was not easy at all. It was actually terrifying and I did not do well for a while, but like it seemed more like something I could get into that I could enjoy versus before when I was really trying to continue to do like traditional and neo-traditional style of tattooing. I just, 
I hated everything I did so much. Like I also hated doing it. Like while it was happening, I was like, this just doesn't fit me. It doesn't suit me. Drawing it was just not, it was too far out of like what I liked to do myself Mm -hmm. personally. So, um, yeah. And that went really well and I started doing better and progressing and getting more clients and it kind of, you know, snowballed from that. And at, at some point I had, you know, more clients than I knew what to do with. I had to hire an assistant to help me with my email loads because I couldn't, um, I couldn't tattoo all day and then design all night and then answer emails all morning and then to tattoo all day and et cetera, et cetera, every Mm -hmm. single day, it was becoming overwhelming. So, um, I hired my first assistant and I think it just, um, shifted the dynamic in the shop because it was like a shop in a small town. And I think like, um, I was just really busy and, you know, certain seasons, um, regular tattoos, you know, tattoo artists at shops, like normal shops, you know, they have like slow seasons. So they're just like not tattooing a lot or whatever. And I was just busy all the time. And I think it just changed the dynamic and it, it started to like the whole shop atmosphere changed. And I was like, I got to get out of here. Like, this is just not like, I don't feel like good about this anymore. And, um, I really couldn't go anywhere else. Like there really wasn't any other shops that like, I was like, Oh, that's a really good shop. I really want to work there. Like there wasn't really another shop like that. And I was getting a little tired of giving away 50% of my revenue when I was the only one working. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I could move to Philly because that was the closest place that there was a shop that I could work, but it's two hours away. It's 10 times more expensive to live there. And again, I would have to give someone a percentage of my revenue. So I was like, well, you know, there's no regulation on tattooing here. So I could probably just like open a private studio since I have a clientele already. I don't need a shop anymore. Um, And I really wanted to start traveling. That was like my number one thing was I was like, I need to figure out a way to start traveling and Mm -hmm. doing tattoos all over the world because that was my goal since I was a kid was to travel the world. It's all I've ever wanted to do Um, and make art, obviously. Um, So, yeah, so I just did that. And um, it was hard to put together by myself as far as like getting it set up and all that. But I mean, there's, again, no regulation in Pennsylvania. So it's just a mean matter of like getting an LLC and insurance and getting a business license for like 40 bucks. And like, that's pretty much it. And other than that, it's just like making a nice space and like I you know. here now. Yeah. And like <laughs> I just ended up getting super lucky and finding an awesome space in Harrisburg. And um, my my now assistant over there, uh, Nora, she's I'm like so lucky to have her. She's awesome. She's actually my property manager at the building that I rent my studio oh, to this day. Um, and she's just like one of my best friends, like just an awesome human. And so Um, I just got really lucky with the space with her. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then I just got after years of, you know, doing that at that shop and then traveling all the time. Um, I just was really starting to get homesick and I wanted to be near my parents. Like my parents are my best friends and I hadn't lived by them in so many years. I was like, I just got to go home. Um, but I couldn't let go of that shop either. So I came here and I opened Black River. And that's pretty much the shortest way somehow Damn. of that story. <laughs> Still like so packed with so much detail. I fucking love it. Yeah. That's so cool. What was the timeline when 
when you were tattooing like realism and in your like building your clientele and stuff you said that was like four years ago Mm -hmm. how long ago did you open up um nevermore right three years ago wow so it was about yeah it was about one year of tattooing in that style and and having built up that clientele within that year um that I was just like I could just do this on my own and not have to like be stressed out like Mm -hmm. why should I be stressed out you know like I'm doing like the coolest thing ever and like living like my like greatest dream life like why would I ever let someone take that away from like bring negativity to me and like take that that feeling away you know yeah loudest door of all time I didn't believe it until I, until like this awkward silence <laughs> oh my gosh well special delivery here's your coffee thank you sir <laughs> <clears throat> okay and then how long ago did you open up Black River Tattoo uh, this month will be one year oh, <laughs> that's so dope congratulations thank you that is incredible. How does it feel to have like these two spaces that are yours? And what does that like? What does that even look like? Like on your end? Because I feel like having a space all the way on the other side of the country and then like this space. I would be so overwhelmed. Um, Honestly, I think like. I don't I don't know. In my head, it's like not as big of a deal as people like make it out to be, you mm-hmm. know, like I think that like there's kind of just this like idea of like, oh, um, this is Annalise. She owns two shops. They're like there's one on each side of the country. And it's like it seems like, oh, shit, like that's so cool. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I guess like it, <laughs> it just kind of like happened like that. You know, it was like not planned. It wasn't like I set out to do something like that. And also. Mm-hmm. My studio in Pennsylvania is a private studio. It's not like a shop. So it was only me and one other artist. And he was there for about a year. And now we're um, considering moving locations. So he and he actually opened his own shop. So congratulations. Um, (laughs) And then. um, Yeah. So right now it's just like it's me and just guest artists like rotating like guest artists, which is really easy to um, kind of navigate because Nora's office is right across the hall. So she can always like help out if necessary or whatever when I'm not there. Um, and yeah, I would think my my biggest accomplishment to me is opening this shop here in California because it is so hard to have a legitimate tattoo shop oh, in the really? state of California. It is the worst. Like Damn. I actually had to do so much work to make that happen versus like in Harrisburg I thought I put a lot of work into that but like that was nothing compared to here yeah so like um I guess like in my perspective of it and like maybe most people who are like quote-unquote like entrepreneurs or uh artists or anything like you're never like satisfied with what you've done so Mm -hmm. like I'm like I I it's not that I don't think what I've done is good. It's just like I want more, right. you know, like there's never enough. There's always something Absolutely. more that I'm chasing. So mm-hmm. when people are like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I'm like, yeah, it's I mean, thanks. You know, like it's like it's cool. <laughs> it's cool, but it's not enough. Right. I'm yeah. like, uh, I like, think but this isn't it. Yeah. yeah. I think because I started tattooing so young that I started when I was 18 and every time I would tattoo like 
people would always be like, oh, how old are you? I'm like, oh, I'm 18. I'm 19. I'm 20. I'm 21. And they're always like, oh, my God, you're so young. Like, you're like, that's so cool that you do this. And I think it gave me this like this feeling of like, oh, shit, like I'm doing something so cool so early in my life. And people are like impressed by that. And I liked the way that it felt that I could like impress people by the fact that I am so young. So now, mm. now like with my birthday this past weekend, yeah. I'm like, shit, I'm 26 now. I'm like, I got to be doing better. Like Damn. I'm like now I'm like getting to the point where I'm like soon enough. I'm like, what is the most impressive thing you could do like with your life or like whatever by this age? And like, am I doing that yet? Or like, what else can I do to yeah. like push that threshold like more, you know? So, yeah, that's kind of my perspective on it. Damn, girl, you're only 26. That's dope. Like what you've achieved so far and like what I'm sure whatever you have your like sights set on, it's going to be insane. Like the fact that you've gotten this far, because that's something like you and I talk about all the time is like, damn, like we we feel older because we're in our like late 20s. He's in his 30s, early 30s, I should add. Sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> like that we're like, damn, like we didn't really figure out what we wanted to do until like a few years ago really mm -hmm. but like we're thankful for our journey we're grateful for all the things that got us to where we are but we think about like if we were like 18 19 or like right out the gate knew what we wanted to do where would we be right. but that's dope that's really awesome that you are able to like achieve such like the way that people perceive you yes it's just like oh shit like you're 26 and you have two shops you know um, but I think it like goes so much deeper than that because I'm sure, like you said, your goal is to travel the world. And that's something that you and I have talked about before is that your heart is set on traveling. Mm -hmm. And though you have these shops and everything, it's not like your number one, I'm sure it is, but it's like, it's not like the thing. It's just like, what are your things? Right. Right. So yeah. I'd love to hear more about like how you started to travel for your work. Um, well, I think like most things, I just wanted to do it. So I figured out a way to do it, uh, which it should be like that pretty much with all things. But uh, I just um, contacted a friend of mine, um, Donnell, and uh, he owns a shop in New York. And I had done some guest spots at his shop in Connecticut because that's where I grew up. So I had like clients there and stuff. So I did like little mini guest spots from Pennsylvania to Connecticut because oh, cool. it wasn't far and like... Um, so he ended up, after having me as a guest artist, he had another guest artist there, um, uh, Michael Litovkin. He's an Israeli artist, uh, also a traveling artist. And he had been working there for a little while. And so I contacted Donald and I was just like, hey, you know, I really want to go to Germany. Like, I just decided that's where I wanted to go. So I was like, I really want to go tattoo in Germany. Um, do you have anywhere you can, like, recommend to me that I could tattoo there, you know, somewhere, I, you know, I could work, that I could be safe, you know, whatever. And uh, he was like, oh, yeah, Michael has been working at this shop called Smiling Demons in Mannheim for a long time. And um, I can connect him, um, the owner of the shop and him to you. So uh, whatever. So, yeah, I, I basically just got in contact with Maya, the owner there. She's awesome. And my shop is very heavily based on her studio in Mannheim. And uh, yeah, I just, you know, contacted her and she liked my work and she was like, we'd be happy to have you, um, you know, your friend of Michael's, you can come. And that was the first place that I ever went. And it was 
such a cool experience. I was very nervous about tattooing in another country. I'd never done that before. So I only booked for like two days to work two days. And she was like, you know, next time, um, for one, I was like, next time, cool. I can come back. Um, (laughs) she was like, next time, maybe you could stay for like seven or eight days. We had so many inquiries for you. Like you could work here for a longer time. Like we'd like to have you more. And I was like, are you for real right now? Like I had people want to get tattooed by me here. And she was like, yeah, you know, we really, um, you know, we can, we can book you for as long as you want. And I was like, damn, I can like, for real, like, travel and make money enough to like support me basically living there for any amount of time I want and like have a great time with like awesome people and other tattooers that like like-minded and I was like this is the coolest thing ever and and kind of from there you start to make yourself known by going places on your own you know um terms, uh, people start to know you as a traveling artist. So Mm -hmm. other tattoo shops will see the promotions that she had done for me. And then I began to get offers, um, Mm -hmm. you know, someone sending me an email. Hey, do you want to go to Denmark? Hey, do you want to come to France? Hey, do you want to come to Canada? And I really, um, for the first, you know, maybe year I said yes to like everything, like any, anything that I felt connected to, let's say, because there were times where I was like, this is probably not a good fit. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just kind of like how they approached me in the email, how personable it was, because nowadays you get like kind of cold emails Mm -hmm. for guest spots, which is crazy to me. But um, yeah, then it wasn't so much like that. And I think that that kind of put it on this role, this path that like, yeah, and I just got addicted. So I just kept doing it as often as possible. Love that. Where has been your favorite place to travel to? Everyone always asks me. Uh, New Zealand, for sure. I always say New Zealand. Um, I think just because it's like truly the most fun place ever. Like it's so fun and stunningly beautiful. And the people there are so nice, like so nice. And the food is good. There's just like no complaints. Like, yeah, (laughs) you just there's nothing you could possibly complain about when it comes to New New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah. Gosh, is that where you guys like swung on yeah. like the biggest the swing Nevis or swing? Something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so fun. I love that. So tell us more about your experiences traveling because like you not only tattoo, but you actually have fun while you're out there traveling or at least you try to, right? Yeah. Um, I pretty much, I travel alone most of the time and then I like, you know, have fun with like the people from the shop. We'll go out and do something, you know, or whatnot. But the adventure stuff that I do, that ends up being in the times that I am able to bring a friend with me or like if I'm traveling with another tattooer that like we have like a set time where we can like go venture off and like do random shit. Um, so this past time, I guess, like, uh, me and Alex, um, my shop manager extraordinaire and uh, (laughs) marketing creative director. Um, She met me in New Zealand for the second half of my trip uh, this past year. And we did the Nevis swing in Queenstown, which is the tallest swing in the world um, tandem. So we were (laughs) harnessed together. If you're interested, there's a video somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to find it. It's hilarious. Um, Worth the watch for sure. Um, yeah, we did that. (laughs) (laughs) We did some four wheeling and, uh, we also like, well, we ended up 
we ended up doing a bunch of stuff. We did a lot of like drives where we just got in the car and just drove until we got completely lost, just following signs for random stuff. And we found some of the coolest places. Um, there's these like hidden towns and snow capped mountains on lake, wow. just absolutely crazy stuff. Just, just getting lost, um, you know, in the middle of nowhere, kind that of. Sounds so um, dope. And then we ended up going to the airport a day early by accident because New Zealand crosses the day timeline, right? So like your calendar uh, gets all fucked up. Yeah. Like you, like it thinks that it's the day after. And so the whole time you're, you kind of like know that and you realize that, right? But like in my head, I thought that we were leaving on that day. Mm-hmm. And anyways, we get to the airport and like we can't get our bags checked in. We can't figure out why. And then she's like, she goes up to the attendant and the attendant's like, your flight is tomorrow. And we're like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Like we have no Airbnb anymore. All of our bags are packed. We're like, are you kidding? So we have a whole nother day. It's like in the morning, you know? So we have this whole nother day in New Zealand. And we're like, all right, like kind of defeated, you know, because we're Mm -hmm. like mentally prepared for this 13 hour flight home. And like now we're just not doing that. And we have no hotel, like nowhere to sleep, whatever. So we take a taxi to go find a hotel. That was a disaster. Trying to find somewhere to sleep. Ended up having to pay a lot of money for a hotel instead of an Airbnb. And I was like, all right, once we like schlepped our suitcases up a hill to get to the hotel, whatever. I was like, all right, um, let's just go into town, get something to eat. Maybe like, you know, I'm like hinting at her. I'm like, maybe we'll just walk down, you know, this like this one street there that has like all the adventure places, like mm. little pickup mm-hmm. zones. It's like, let's just, you know, let's just walk over there maybe a little bit and, you know, we'll figure something out. She kind of like looks at me. I'm like, all right, it's going to be fine. And we go, we're like walking and stuff. And I like tell she's like a little irritated. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, you want to maybe like jump off another mountain or something? I mean, we're here another day. And she was like, you're kidding me. Cause I basically had to drag her to like do the the swing swing because it's like (laughs) so scary, you know? And she's like, you're kidding me. Like, I'm not doing that. And I was like, come on, just, you know, we're here. Like it's one day, like, you know, we weren't even supposed to be here. We got to do something crazy, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so I end up, we end up going over to like this little road that has all the stuff on it. And, we find a place and I'm like, oh, how about this? And she's like, yeah, I don't know. And we find this one place and it's basically the same height as the swing that we had done, the same like uh, level. But instead of swinging down like, I don't know, 70 meters or whatever it was, um, you just jump off of a cliff and you drop about five meters and then you hit a zip line and you zip the rest of the way. What? It was like seemed less scary than the swing because you don't drop as far. But let me tell you, once you're up there and you're like stagnant, like waiting on that height, like looking down and you're like, that's the farthest drop I've ever seen in my life. And like you're like, cool, like I'm going to just jump off this. Like, what did I do what do, do you, we do what do you have like are you on to something <clears throat> They're, you're you harnessed like, in yeah you're harnessed it, in 
like you jump. What do you mean? Like so you- there's like there was like three or four different ways you could do it. It was like either they harness you in like a swing, like the same way that the swing was, which is like a, a full body harness. Mm-hmm. And then you can go front ways or back ways and they drop you. So they oh, just shit. release the like the line and it swings down about five meters and then it clicks to a zip line and then it zips the rest of the way between these two mountain passes, these two like cliffs. Oh, and um or you could run and jump <laughs> or you could run and flip, which is like the craziest way ever. And like almost no one does it. And so like we get up there and mind you, it's only the two of us. Yeah. There's no one else up there. Oh, no Just way. us. And then the people who were harnessing us in, which were two <laughs> other chicks. Okay. And we're like, cool. Like <laughs> fucking no one else up there. We also had to like, we took this like little bus up there and then hiked the rest of the way up to the top. And then Alex was like, she's going to go first. So she got in the swing and they dropped her backwards. That's how she went and did it. But then I was alone <laughs> on that side of the cliff with only the other person that's harnessing me in. And I was like full blown panic mode because I had already agreed that I wanted to run. I was like, I want to do it like the scariest way possible because I was like, this is my last day in New Zealand. Like, but dude, I can't like thinking about it. My heart is racing right now. Like just remembering being at the top of that, like that cliff and just being like, I'm alone. I have to jump. What if something happens? I'm going to be that one person that the thing, the whole thing breaks. I just fall and die. My parents (laughs) are going to read about it in the newspaper, like for sure. And like, so the girls that were harnessing me in, they were just like, I think they could kind of tell that I was like, like, okay, like whatever. <laughs> and they started talking to me about tattooing. They were like, oh, you, um, you're a tattoo artist. And um, did you do that convention? And started talking to me about tattoos. And I was like, I calmed down a little yeah. bit, like still super scared, definitely. But like, it just took me down a notch. And I was like, okay, well, I know that I'm going to run, but like, what if I like stop right before I go, you know, like what if I like run and then I stop and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're like, you can't because it's on such like a nearly 90 degree slope. The, Ooh, like the wow. little track pad, it was like maybe a two foot, like little thing sticking out on the edge of the mountain and you just oh, run shit. off of it and then jump. And it's so steep that you can't stop with the momentum. Mm. And I was like, cool. (laughs) So, and then man, I fucking ran and I jumped off that mountain and it was the best feeling ever. Like it was so worth it. I would say it was almost better than the swing because I was like, like it was my choice to run and like that I did it versus in the swing, they drop you Mm. without telling you when there's no countdown, nothing. They just drop you out of nowhere and it's just terrifying. (laughs) So like, Yeah, there was something kind of special about that one. And also that it was this like random, you know, gift last day in New Zealand. And wow, that is so epic. Yeah, it was so worth all of that. Oh, gosh. Like I was cringing like the whole time you're talking about it. Because like the closest thing that I've done was go skydiving. That alone is terrifying. Like I I brought Ian. So for his birthday a few years ago. And um he was terrified. I had to convince him. I was like, I buy you a ticket already. Like you, there's no refunds. Like you have to do it. <laughs> no refund. And um, 
he was terrified the whole way up. They would do like, they would joke around with him and like they'd turn the plane and he'd be like, holy shit, you know? And I was like, Haha, like this is gonna be fun. Um, and then the second, like he went first and then just seeing him like leave the plane. So I was in the same situation. I was like, mm-hmm. holy fuck, I'm alone in this plane and like, it's gonna happen. Like this guy's behind me and he's like, we're attached, it's cool. But like, fuck, like, yeah, I don't know how to feel. And um, funny story is like he had the fucking time of his life. Yeah. Like falling out of the plane, like in the video. He's like, fuck yeah. Like this is <laughs> sick. Like super stoked. And then like when I, when I'm sitting on the ledge, like about to pretty much just fall out of the plane. Like I was terrified. Yeah. Like my face was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) And it wasn't until like he released the shoot that I was like, okay, I'm chill now. But like the whole time I'm just like, damn, that's not what I expected. Yeah. But it was amazing for sure. So I could only imagine how that felt. Yeah. I'm sure that was like so much higher too. You're on a fucking mountain running. I don't know how high it is versus like how high they drop you from a plane. I would imagine that it's probably not as high. Oh. But like. I think it's just more like, I don't know. I guess like you're in control of it a little bit more yeah. than like in a plane where you're already floating. And also right? you're like all alone too because yeah. it was just you. You weren't like connected to anybody, right? Like it was just. Oh, yeah. No. Whoa. I mean on the Nevis swing, I was connected to Alex. Like mm-hmm. Alex and I were tandem. It was like yeah. connected like harnesses. But no, there's not like another person or anything. Ooh, yeah. the adrenaline. This is crazy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> For your travels coming up, do you have anything crazy planned or? Um, like adventure wise, I, yeah. I don't really have anything. Like usually they're not planned. That's the thing mm. is like all the things that I've done in like different trips to like Ireland or Greece or New Zealand or any anywhere that I've gone that like has cool stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always decided like while I'm there, not necessarily like day of, but like pretty much on arrival, like then I'll start figuring out what I want to do. Cause here's the thing is like most people want to travel and like have everything planned. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not the worst idea to like at least have a look and see like what the place has to offer. But as far as like actually figuring out like what exactly you're going to do and when you're going to do it, it kind of takes away from the adventure of traveling. Like maybe you wake up on that Monday and you don't feel like, you know, doing this tour or whatever, you know, like maybe you feel like doing something else. Maybe you feel like going on a hike. Like I like to have that option of just going with the flow. Cause even though when I travel, it is like a lot of the time for work. It's also because I want like that time away from all of my responsibilities that I have at home Mm -hmm. that like, it is my vacation too. It's the days off that I don't get during the week when I'm home working like a savage all the time, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So like those are my accumulated days off, my sick days, if you will, you know? Nice. nice. Um, But yes, I don't have anything specifically planned, but I'm going to a lot of awesome places. So I'm, I'm sure it'll be super fun. Gosh, I know when you said that you're basically going to be traveling for the next like what, three, four months. Yeah. Gosh, that's so crazy. I love it. That That's like so exciting. That's always something like you and I talk about. It's just like, man, we can't wait till we could like travel more, mm-hmm. you know. But um, I kind of want to get back to – I feel like we just went on this whole like conversation about traveling, which I'm so – which I love. But um, I want to get back to 
more about your work side. And I remember having this conversation with you when we first met was that you're very passionate about educating people and giving them the resources to like, you know, if they want to start their own business, you want to be able to do that. You want to be able to give actionable advice to people like who are looking to be in the same position or even just looking for advice like, hey, like I know you're a business owner. I'm looking to start my own business. What can I do? Mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear kind of like where that stems from because I feel like not a lot of people are very like willing to give advice mm-hmm. or even willing to help. And I feel like you're very selfless in that way. Well, thanks. Um, I don't know where that like really like comes from. I think I just uh, I think that I feel so grateful like every day that like I just want other people to feel as good as I do about like my job. Like I can't imagine like not that I can't imagine because I've definitely been there like hating my job. But like I've had this job since I was 18. So I don't really like the jobs I had before that seem like such a distant memory that like Mm. even the bad times in, you know, the many like waitressing jobs that I had and stuff like it just seems like another lifetime ago. So it doesn't bother me in the same way. But like I just I hate seeing like talented people like suffering in a job they hate because like for what, you know? Yeah. Um, And also like I think that I was really fortunate to have a lot of tattooers um, around me in like the beginning years of my uh, career that ended up giving me a lot of advice in a time when that was really not a thing. Like now you can buy tickets to seminars and um, you know, like people are like more readily like giving their information out about tattooing thanks to like social media and stuff like that. But when I started out, that was not a thing. Like people did not want to give you their information. Definitely not for free. Like Mm -hmm. definitely like didn't even want to give it to you regardless. So I was really fortunate to be around people who did. And I was just so like thankful and grateful for that, that I was like, why wouldn't you spread that knowledge because just because you tell someone how that they how they can do what you've done doesn't mean they're going to do it yeah doesn't mean they're going to do it as well as you and also if you're afraid of that competition then you're not doing something right you know what I mean so like the only reason why someone wouldn't tell another person how to go about opening their own business or whatever it is they're asking me about something about tattooing is that they're threatened by them and I don't feel the need to be threatened by anybody because not because I'm I'm better or like my talent or anything like that, just because there's no reason there's enough people to get tattooed to go around. Mm -hmm. It's not like if I lose a client to you that I can't tattoo someone else. Right. You know, there's and every single day there's more and more people wanting to get tattooed. So we're not really losing out by helping each other, you know, and especially if it's in another industry and they're asking me like just small business questions. I'm like more than happy, like. You know, because if you're making that fearless choice to like step away from that, you know, norm, then someone should help you. I wish someone would have helped me with that kind of stuff. You know, there wasn't really anyone I could ask that would have told me what I needed to know. So now that I have that information, like for sure going to share it with like whoever wants to know, you know what I mean? I love that. I think that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, and I'm super excited because there's a possibility that you and I and Black River and everything, like we get to kind of branch off Coffee and Convos and yeah. create some really cool podcast content. Yeah, I think so, Yeah, I think that there's just like, 
so many things like we could talk about and people that I think both of us like know so many people like even the other podcasts of your your guys's that I listen to like Mm -hmm. a lot of like really awesome people that come on here and like basically like I was listening to them and I was like just every time just like yes yes exactly that yes I totally agree like you know what I mean like just like-minded people like young entrepreneurs and I try to listen to other like entrepreneur like podcasts and they're just very like salesy and like trying to Mm -hmm. sell you something Mm -hmm. like you know and it's just not like that's not you know like inspiring to me whatsoever so like it just sucks it just feels so like soul sucking yeah I'm just like "Eh." yeah and then I I listened to yours and I was like wait this is like exactly what I would listen to but I just didn't know you you. existed and then I was like uh oh cool so (laughs) that's one I could totally listen to and actually like hear other people's stories that are interesting and that's why I wanted to like bring all the people that like Alex and I know that are kind of you know going on that same path like tattooers and non-tattooers like people that do other professions but live really really similar lives and Mm -hmm. just like living their dream living their best life but you know, explaining it further than the the buzzwords and like, you know, just like dumb things that you mm -hmm. like inspirational quotes that don't help anyone just like actual like, hey, this is like how I actually did this, like step by step, not just like the feelings that you had about it, you know, you have to just do it. Like, but like, do what? <laughs> like, how though? Like, yeah. what papers do I need to fill out? Right. Like, what is step one for real though? Yeah. Like, yeah. no one seems to like share that unless you want to like want to buy someone's like, you know, like DVD that they're selling <laughs> for like information on how to become a, like, that's probably boring as shit and just like awful and so doesn't apply to like this era. Oh, man. And yeah. Just, yeah. Like. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. I I really do. And I'm I'm stuck because like I think that's when at least in my situation like I've I've always just learned more from like just having these conversations. Like you and I could be talking right now and not even have this podcast on, you know? Yeah. And it would just be like, "Hey, like tell me about how you got to where you are." That's how it started. And it's just I have this just like interest in people of like, "Tell me everything about you." And, yeah. And I want to know like because we are all so different and we each have like such a unique story. It's so cool because like, like you said, we, we have like, like minds and we understand each other because whether we're just like on the same wavelength or because we have like similar goals and ideas, it's just, it just feels good to talk to other people who think the same because for the longest time, at least in my situation, I never knew these people existed. Mm -hmm. I would just be like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I want to be like that person one day. But it took so much, like, adversity in my own life for me to even get to that point and Mm -hmm. be like, for me to get there, like, I actually have to do something. I can't just keep wishing about it. Right. Kind of like what you said earlier. Like, you just put yourself in this situation and you look for these opportunities. Right. Like, you reached out to like the people you knew in your network and you're like, Hey, like I, I want to travel. Like, is this a possibility? You reached out like while you're in California to like, you know, vice versa. And like you created all these things. Like that's so dope. And I think it's, um, one of the last interviews that just came out, she said something that stuck out to me that still like resonates is action leads to courage. 
Cause just like, it's fucking terrifying, yeah, you know? Like, sure. I don't know, like you come off so fearless. I'm like, damn, she's such a badass. Nah. And like, <laughs> like you did all these things and I'm like, oh God, I'm like, I'm scared to even like. Oh, I was scared. Yeah. Like I was absolutely scared. Like you just, <laughs> I don't know. I guess you just like pushed past. I don't know. It seems stupid to say that. Cause like I was fucking terrified, like doing some of the things that I did. But like when it comes to like the, the, business stuff Mm -hmm. I would say yeah no I wasn't really I I really wasn't afraid because it was just like you're taking a huge risk by doing that but it's also calculated I never do anything like other than actually jumping off of mountains I don't (laughs) I don't do things like without research like I heavily research what I do before I do it but then I do it like Mm -hmm. I don't make excuses for like why I can't do it and that's the only difference between me and someone who wants to do what I'm doing or whatever is just literally doing it. It's like so simple, you know, it's really just that Mm -hmm. like, you know, you're right. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know we didn't get this far back into your story, but I love to hear like why you got into tattooing in the first place. Yeah. So that's one of those ones where it's like, we're all kind of on the same, everyone's got the same story, right? It's like, we just, get a tattoo when we're kids, like too young, all too young, you know? Um, Yeah, I got a tattoo when I was like 15. And it's actually a great tattoo. Don't regret it. It's awesome. Um, (laughs) uh, In the shop in the Bronx, where I did my uh, first apprenticeship, actually, that's where I got it done with a fake ID. And um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, that that definitely made me like love, I guess, the the idea of it. So for me, like back then, um, that shop was so like, these were like adult people that were completely in control of their own life. Like they got to do art all day and like curse and smoke (laughs) and drink and just like, just, you know, say whatever they wanted to say and play whatever music they wanted, however loud they wanted. They came in or left the shop whatever time they wanted to. And they were just free, it seemed like, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, as most people, most tattooers, uh, hated authority like so much. So like, (laughs) there was like really no way that I was ever going to be okay in a job setting where like someone was like dictating like how I could speak or how I could dress or how I could act or, you know, and I'm also not a morning person. So getting up at noon every day seemed like an awesome (laughs) gig. Like that was just great to me. So I thought it was just really, really cool, but I hadn't really given it much thought. I mean, I was like 15. Like I was like, I don't really care. I'm like too busy smoking weed and like partying and shit. And (laughs) I don't really care, you know? Um, And then I was taking like, you know, a Uh, some art classes in Manhattan like later on and uh, stopped in that shop for a piercing and I was offered that apprenticeship so it was just kind of like a random occurrence but it was in my head and I when I walked in that shop I you know I was like if anything were to happen like here today like as far as like them you know asking me about this about my my book like I would absolutely say yes and like do that because like I definitely want to do that you know damn that's so cool. So what is the difference? I mean, obviously, there's a huge difference because you said that you you 
you grew up doing art and like that's what you wanted to do and the difference of like you know doing something physical on like a canvas say or whatever your medium was versus mm-hmm. like tattooing and how did that translate like was that an easy transition for you no no it definitely like you basically like really do need to have a background in art like I don't you know I mean yeah there's like tattooers now that maybe they didn't have a background in art at all and they just do like simple line work tattoos that like you know what I mean don't really require like much artistic abilities which is fine but most of the time yeah you need to have like if you want to like make anything more uh, significant, then you definitely have to have some background in art for sure. Uh, my dad is an artist. So I, from like the moment I could, you know, hold a pencil, I was drawing already with him, like, and then my whole life. Um, and then on top of that, you know, taking art classes and in high school, I skipped all of my normal classes to just hang out in the art department and take more art classes, um, of all different kinds, sculpture, film photography, um, even just like the academics, like, you know, advanced placement, art history. And like, you know, like I wasn't allowed in those classes, but I, my teachers down there like loved me and they were just like, sure, why not? We'll let you just sit in the back of the class. Just don't make any noise, you know? And like, that's what I did. So, um, yeah, when I started tattooing, I was like, this is absolutely nothing like any of the things I've ever done. The the only part of it that translates is the drawing you make of the tattoo that you want to do. Past that, it's completely completely different. Um one of the one of the guys that worked at the first shop where I did my apprenticeship said something to me when I was an apprentice that like I've always kind of remembered and he was like tattooing is why like uh, an the only art form that you're simultaneously using both sides of your brain while you're working, which I don't think it's the only art form, but it is definitely one of the only art forms where you're simultaneously using both parts of your brain. So Mm -hmm. one side is the technical and one is the creative because you have to be in tune with your machine. You have to always be like aware of how you're damaging the skin, how you're stretching it, how what your depth perception is and being creative, making sure your blends are correct and uh, that your lighting is, is right and your lines are clean and all that stuff there. You're constantly in your brain switching back and forth between what you're creating visually. Whereas on paper, you're only thinking about that. Like sure your pressure of your pencil changes or the stroke of your hand changes, but there's no, there's nothing really behind that. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. well, you know, if I blend this wrong, I just blend over it again, right? right? To make it darker. But on skin, if you do it again, you might chew the skin up and it might scar or it might oh, scab sure. or yeah. whatever. So you're constantly flip-flopping between those two kind of sides. So it gives you this high that not a lot of things can give you, right? Because you are yeah. stimulating both sides of your brain at the same time. And I, I was like, that makes sense. That's why it's like so addicting, you know, mm-hmm. like just the rush, um, especially when you start, but always of just being like, this shit is permanent. Like, yeah. I'm like, I, you can't fuck up. You can't fuck up one time. Like everything has to be as perfect as you can get it. And like, there's definitely a, an adrenaline rush to that and probably is the reason why I seek it elsewhere as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's definitely like, uh, it's an interesting feeling. 
I love that. That's so cool. I love getting tattooed. My first one was like a four hour long session and it was equally terrifying because it was bigger than I thought it was going to be. And it was also like, okay, I'm doing this for me. Like, fuck what everybody says because like, you know, my parents, they're like, nah, they'll never get tattoos. They didn't find out until like six months later and they like hated me for like two seconds. But (laughs) um, but it's such an interesting feeling getting tattooed and it's like it's addicting on my end so mm. I can only imagine being the tattooer just like how dope that must feel and be like and also like that's your artwork like sure. you created that mm-hmm. and it was like on a piece of paper and now it's on somebody else's skin yeah it's so it's basically cool. like it's your tattoo but it's also our tattoo so it's kind of <laughs> like when people are like oh like why don't you get tattooed more often? And I'm like, well, for one, I don't have a lot of time. And for two, like every single tattoo I do is mine also. Like Mm -hmm. I made it. Mm -hmm. So that feeling that like maybe someone like you get for like, you're like, oh, I want another tattoo. Like that's just how I feel all the time where I'm just like, oh, I just want to do another tattoo. Yeah. Like you kind of get that same gratification, but without all the pain, (laughs) which is even better. (laughs) Yeah. So you've like created this piece and then you're like, oh, and also this whole time I didn't feel any pain other than like my back and my neck from (laughs) tattooing all day. But like- you know, like it's still kind of a piece of it is ours. So yeah. we get that like similar gratification. That's really like cool. also when it like flows really well on the body and it suits the person. Like for me, I'm like, it's like the best feeling. I'm like, oh, it just looks like it belongs on them and mm-hmm. it looks beautiful on them. And like, that's so cool that it just like they're going to wear it and it's just going to look good. It's yeah. going to look good on them while they're wearing it. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, that's so dope. <laughs> I'm going to include some photos and everything when I post this convo. Sure. But, like, I love the Harry Potter piece you did. Yeah. But you're also known for your florals, right? Mm-hmm. So tell us more about your style. Because you said realism. But, like, yo, like, yo, this is, like, real shit <laughs> realism. Um, really, I just started doing flowers because I, I really wanted to be a color portrait artist. That was the goal. And, um... Javier Eastman, who I mentioned before that I did my working apprenticeship under, he was a black and gray and also color um, realistic artist. Mm -hmm. So and he was really good. So I was like, oh, like, how did you how did you get to do a portrait? Because like, how does one do a portrait of a person on skin? Because you can't fuck anything up and you have one chance and you've never done it before. So like, how do you do that? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, you don't. You start off doing other things that are realistic so that you can do a realistic tattoo and then you build yourself up from that until you're capable of doing um, a portrait and, you know, family members being like the last thing you do, mm-hmm. you know, like the, after you feel like so comfortable doing anything else realistic. So I basically just gave myself like a lesson plan. I was like, all right, like flowers, because I draw those repeatedly all the time, all my life, especially roses was always my favorite thing to draw. And then, you know, from there escalate to like animals or like insects kind of first and then animals because animals are almost arguably harder than portraits because hair is a nightmare. Um, And then from there, start doing portraits, but maybe start off doing ones that are people that are like, 
it doesn't have to be exactly right, right? Like Frankenstein or like, you know, something like where like if the nose is a little off or the chin is a little off or something, it doesn't actually like completely change the face. Whereas if it's someone really recognizable, anything not right in any way, like even one nostril being off just a hair, the whole face looks different, you know? So like you basically like build yourself up. And um, I think that I just got a lot of love when it came to like the color flowers. So I just continue to do more of them and it still just gets a lot of uh, like good response, but, and not that I would ever get tired of it. Honestly, I love doing flowers and I still love doing roses the most. Um, and like, I will never say no to that. That's like my favorite. Like I don't, I'll never mind doing that, but I also like want to do a lot of other stuff. Like yeah. I love doing, first of all, I love black and gray. I don't do nearly enough of it. Um, because most people like jump at the flowers and the colors and all that stuff, which is cool, but I do really love black and gray. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, really doing more portrait stuff, um, more like quirky things and like animals and like characters from stuff. And now I'm starting to do like, you know, realism that has like maybe some bold outlining or like has a little bit of a different feel to it. And just kind of like going out and exploring a little bit more because not that I'm, you know, set and I'm good to go with realism, but I just, sometimes you go through phases where you want to be a little more exploratory. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now is I'm just kind of like where I would have been saying no to things, certain projects I like I'm saying yes to them now because nice. I kind of want to try some new stuff and yeah. see what happens um Ooh. So. that's kind of like where I was going to transition to like what's in the future for you yeah yeah I really <laughs> don't I really don't know I just like I rely pretty heavily on like what my clients want like yeah, I actually sure. my clients are the shit like I have clients with just like the best ideas or like um, or they'll just like kind of let me just do whatever. Like they just get emails and they're like, I love your work. You can just kind of like do whatever. And Use I'm like, me as their canvas. I'm like, <laughs> cool, dude. That's fucking awesome. I definitely want to do that. Like yeah. <laughs> throw me a theme and I'm just going to run with it. Cause that's so fun. And, uh, yeah. So just, yeah, these days pretty much just like trying to get extra creative still doing realism like that's that's still my chosen style I still love that the most um but just maybe like incorporating some new elements or new stylistic aspects to it to change it up a little bit um yeah so I'm, I'm always down for like some concept that's a little strange or out of the ordinary what's like your favorite piece you've done um I don't know that it's possible to like pick a favorite piece. Honestly, I have so many and like I, because I do a lot of different, um, like not a lot of different things, but you know, like different styles, like different black and gray pieces, smaller pieces, larger pieces. Um, and uh, like some that are like not finished yet and things mm-hmm. like it's really hard to choose. Cause I'm like, there's going to be some that are going to be like, they will be my favorites at some point. Yeah, <laughs> probably. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to think that I pretty much love every tattoo I do, like, the same, you know? Nice, nice. So we're getting close to wrapping up, and one of the last few questions that I usually ask is, um, if you could just give one piece of advice to us aspiring creators, business owners, entrepreneurs, et cetera, what would it be? Um, I guess the way I do things is just research a ton about what you want to do 
and how you do it because the information is out there if you look really hard. Um, and then just don't worry so much about the money. The money will come. If you're broke for a little while, it's going to be okay. You know, no good story, no documentary you've ever read, no autobiography you've ever picked up is just this story of this person who was just handed everything that they wanted because they won the lottery or because they just decided they wanted to be something and then boom, they were just it that day. The greatest story is in the struggle. The very end of it is like when you get everything. No one even really cares about that. It's just yeah. how did you get there? That's the interesting part. Skipping ahead to the end is just a waste of time. I love that. I actually just read literally like that in other words in a book today. And it's a book called You're Not Lost, which is so funny. But um, it basically talks about like, okay, which story is more entertaining? Like, you took this pathway and then you went to the place that you wanted to go versus like, oh, you took this path, but then like you got robbed and then like all these crazy things happen. Like that makes for, for a more interesting story. And that's typically how life goes. So I love that you said that because that's something that like I've been thinking. I was just like, damn, like with like all these, you know, transitions in everybody's lives, like my own, my own journey, it's definitely nowhere near perfect. And it's just like, trying to navigate through this world and whatever like it's it's hard but it's also like yes honoring the struggle and knowing that like you're not going to stay there forever yeah so I appreciate that yeah for sure thank you and one last question okay <laughs> if you could have a coffee and combos with anybody who would it be uh, I hate these questions <laughs> I never know who's like the right person to pick it there's you no know? right person this is all you there bro. is though because it's like a heavily judged question like, mm, it's like it's like people really pick? judge you on like who you pick you know it's like how cool are you that you pick <laughs> that person you know and like my instinct is like to choose like my grandma you know oh I love that because like she was rad and I wasn't old enough to have coffee with her oh <laughs> maybe like a sippy cup but like <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't that young. But like, I mean, I just feel like there was more I wanted to know. Yeah. You no, know? I love that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here and being a guest, me. of course. <laughs> um, for those who would love to follow along on your journey, where can they find you? Uh, my Instagram, I guess, uh, Delaney Inc. And then my shop, which is Black River Tattoo SD. And both of those have website links in them mm -hmm. and such. But yeah, that's pretty much where you find people these days. The gram, right? you know. The gram. <laughs> and I'll be sure to link all of her her gram photos of her dope work because like they're freaking insane. I love them. They're so cool. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> but thank you again for being here. Yeah, thank you. Yay. It's awesome. <laughs>